Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And on today's show, we have Heather Seitz. Hey, Heather. Hi, Hi. Heather. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I came across your work via the Film Sorority Instagram. I'm one of the co-curators there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I I love what you're doing. So we're definitely uh, excited to have you. So do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners who may not know who you are? Sure. My name is Heather Seitz. I uh, I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Oh, awesome. I love Canada. (laughs) I am a Canadian photographer. Um, I have been doing this for a long time. I, uh, my dad was a photographer, so that's how I got into photography Mm, originally. And I grew up with an analog dark room in my basement uh, because he worked for, he worked as a photojournalist for the Toronto Star and for the uh, Mississauga Times. And so I grew up with a dark room in my basement and that's how I really got into photography. So I learned on film first. So when I you know, got into high school, I took a bunch of photography classes. And then from there, I went, I ended up going to Sheridan College, which is just outside of Toronto. Um, it's a pretty highly regarded photography school, or, or sorry, it's an art school, but they have a, a really great photography program there. And then, yeah, I just kind of, the rest is history, I guess. I did a um, <laughs> an art direction and creative advertising uh, diploma course after at York University, which is in Toronto. So I have gone forward in my career with this really sort of specialized skill set of having all of these um, really sort of usable commercial photography skills, but then Mm. all of this sort of art direction, editorial art direction, advertising side of the coin as well. So that's kind of how I've progressed in my career. It took me a long time to accept digital photography, like a long time. Like I failed my Photoshop course at Sheridan. Like I just didn't want to do it. I didn't have any interest in it whatsoever. That's so funny. Man. Yeah. So was that that was like that was it though. So that time in college, so photo you're in the the digital era of photography during man. Mm-hmm. Well, I I it was like the beginning of the digital era. Okay. Things okay. were just starting yeah. to switch over from film. When I got into the industry and started working in Toronto, there were a lot of photographers still shooting on medium format and 4x5 film that I worked with and assisted. But I also worked at like a really big commercial photography studio in um, Toronto that was doing a lot of catalog work and they were just switching over to digital. So all of the big cameras there were all going digital. Um, So yeah, so I feel really lucky that I've seen both worlds. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it kind of makes you appreciate the film like, because I kind of did too. I I started on film, went to school, and it was same thing. Right around that time of graduation, everybody was like buying digital cameras on top of the film camera that we had just gotten for school. And to like be away from it, and then to come back, you're just like, oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> well, <there> was, <laughs> at the time, it was like people were just going crazy. They were mm-hmm. like, wow, digital, it's revolutionary. Mm-hmm. But I find now, and we can maybe get into this in a bit, but things have reversed. People are really excited yep. about film stuff. I actually just got back from an estate sale where I bought a Sony handy cam, like mid condition. (laughs) And I'm like, look at this. It's so cool, you guys. Um, Anyway. Yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. That's a little bit about me. Are you 100% film with what you do now? Or do you kind of have to do both? Like sometimes there's jobs that I have to do that like 
Like yeah. they, if I showed up with a bag of film, they'd be like, "What are you crazy?" <laughs> yeah, no. There's I. Um, I'm doing both now. So this past year with the pandemic has been very, mm-hmm. very, very difficult for my business. So I've lost yeah. all, almost all of my commercial clients. Oh man. Yeah. When I got out of school, and then eventually when I started working for magazines and for the Calgary Herald, and I started doing a lot of commercial work, I was forced to go digital, and I really learned a lot about the yep. medium at that time. Um, but in the past year or so, because things have shifted so dramatically with my business, I'm not doing as many of these really big commercial advertising jobs anymore, which mm, right. were all shot digital for the right. most part, for because it's just that type of work. Now... I'm doing, I'm working with a lot of bands. I'm working with a lot of artists. I'm doing Mm. a lot of work now where people are coming to me and they're like, Hey, I want you to take my headshot, but I want you to shoot it on film because that's what you do really well. Wow. And let me tell you the reason why I started doing this is because (laughs) my digital camera is like on the outs. It has mm. like 175,000 actuations on it. It's been oh, wow, put through yeah. the ringer. It is like, mm-hmm. has been my main commercial camera. But because the last year has been so difficult for me, com- like commercially and for my business, I'm trying to like not spend that, you know, three to $4,000 right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when I started putting calls out being like, hey guys, want to shoot this on film instead? <laughs> yeah. To buy me some time and buying a new digital camera. It's actually working out really well because the film stuff is like, I'm, I'm able to use my Nikon, my, my F90X. It takes great film photos and the results are like so creative. Yeah. yeah. I really feel like with, with your work, especially you can, you can almost tell that, you know, it speaks to the type of work that I do. Right. Like the, even on the art direction side of my business and where like the conceptual side, like the film just mm. really ties everything together. I think. Do you do both at the same time or do you do like do you have separate jobs or you're just a photographer separate jobs or just the art director or you are you like a package deal like somebody hires you for both normally it's a package deal so normally people will come to me because i have like really conceptual ideas and i'm able to sort Mm. of plot out a shoot or determine how we're going to get multiple looks in a shoot i just think it comes back to my aesthetic but that's kind of with every photographer right you right. hire a photographer because of their look or because you love their work. I guess for me now, it's a combo of that plus the film. I do have other clients. Like I work as a director for film as well. Um, and then I do have some other clients where I do consulting and um, a little bit of like design in our direction. So, but yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that now I'm getting a lot of clients and a lot of people come to me and be like, hey, we want to hire you because of because of film, because of the way yeah, that your work I, looks. I think that maybe more recently, brands and stuff are like, I want you. And, and a lot of it comes with like, okay, but I shoot film. And they're like, okay, great. Like, whatever. Yeah. They're, they're not like coming back with, well, can you do it dig- on digital? Because they are realizing like, no, yeah. <laughs> it's the look, you know? Totally. So I think that's... That's really awesome. And like, you can apply filters in in Lightroom and Photoshop, and you can do. It's just not the same. It's, no. it's just not the <laughs> same. And mm-hmm. also, like, the process with film is better for me. It's actually mm-hmm. less time consuming. There's more like driving around and dropping stuff off at labs, and but like the process is more organic. Than, yeah, than I totally get that. Uploading a bunch of digital images and screwing around with the curves and Lightroom and like, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I prefer the process with film. I have such a terrible time with digital photos. Like I tried <laughs> at the beginning of COVID. I, I had a nice little Sony mirrorless camera and I was like, I'm going to I'm going to try this for a week. You know, I'm going to give myself a week and try to really not hate this because I, you know, I'm the film photography guy. So like yeah. I'm always <laughs> like film, 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 film. And I had this really nice sony camera i'm like i'm gonna try to do something with it just to see if i'm capable and just i can't get edits to look right Mm. you know it just doesn't doesn't feel the same when you Mm -hmm. push the button there's the excitement of taking the film cartridge out and writing on there like plus three the date (laughs) it's just there's so much fun stuff that's involved with being a film shooter well and don't Uh, you think it's funny like I'll load my digital photos in, but then I mess around with them so much so that they look like film and then I'm happy with them. Yeah, exactly. I'm not happy with them if they're not. And you can like buy all these super expensive presets that are like Mm -hmm. Portra 800 preset, only $200. 
Yeah. Like, just shoot it on film. <laughs> Might as well just shoot it on film, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, easier said than done, though. Yeah. I think when you speak about the process, too, it's like when you when you shoot a whole... Like, I remember the, the first engagement session, I'm like, I'm only going to shoot film. So I shot, you know, I don't remember how many roles, but those were the images. There wasn't like, okay, and now I have a th- like 1,500 images to, to pick yeah. like 20 for a blog post. You know, right. there was like, yeah. these were these were the ones and they were all good. And that it just like changes the whole way you shoot. It too. does. Yeah. And like the other day I was doing a portrait shoot and we decided that we were going to shoot three rolls of 35 millimeter. So it's like, okay, I'm going to, I allot half a roll to this. We're going to try you mm-hmm. in this setting, half a roll, going to do half a roll in this setting. So you're not just like aimlessly shooting and, right. and it's a lot more controlled and my eye is stronger, I think, when we're shooting like that. Yeah. It's it's so funny because even even I've been on set where the the person you know in charge is like keep going let's just keep going and it's like I've already gotten it I I don't we like the model knows we got it I know we got it but you just like because it's endless digital is like endless they're just like well let's just keep let's just keep going yeah there are still times and I don't know about you guys but I will actually proof everything on digital and I will shoot a little bit of digital as a backup. So, yeah. because um, I did do a job of about a month ago with a band and the first half of the role, for whatever reason, I think it's because the flash wasn't going off, uh, mm. didn't, didn't turn out. It was just black. But I had yeah. some digital backups. So that was that's, like, that's, that's how I'm, yeah, I'm doing that now. Yeah, the, the digital backups, it's like, it's, it's like you're so happy when you ha- when you need it, you know? But otherwise, it's like, ah. <laughs> I don't look at them. I just throw them away. Yeah. You find them, like, yeah, you find them like six months later. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, these. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, because 9.5 times out of 10, I don't even need to look at the digital. The film ones are mm-hmm. so good. So yeah. I don't even load them into the computer half the time. I just right. like get the film back and I'm like, oh, these are great. So, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but the magic always happens with the film camera. Like, mm-hmm. I again, I, I'm fortunate enough, as I said, eight million times on this show that I'm not like a paid working commercial, whatever, wedding photographer. I, I, I'm just a like a hardcore hobby dude that loves this. You know, I'm just like super passionate about it. And I work mostly for myself. And when I was doing senior portraits and paid portraits and headshots and stuff... The panic would ensue all the time when I I couldn't go do the shoot without a digital camera slung around too, because uh-huh. you know you're you're kind of scared. It's like like you said, you know, some of those photos they went black. You know, mm-hmm. those things do happen with yeah. film, but rarely ever. And again, those digital photos they just end up sitting on a disc somewhere that you never use, and you just need to to hang on to that confidence because it's like you know you got it. Yeah, right. You know, you, you know you're gonna do it. You know you're gonna kill it. It's gonna be Plus- awesome. So I'll, I, I've lost stuff on digital. Yeah. I thought the card was backed up oh, and it dude, wasn't. All and- my, yeah, all my stuff, like pretty much from like the last five years, I can tell you where it is right now. That yeah. was digital. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, actually. Unfortunately. It's just, and it's like, yeah, actually it's now shooting. I'm more careful when I'm shooting film now. And there's little ways to get around it. Like just making sure if I'm using um, strobes with the film, mm. I'll just make sure that the the little beep sound is on the strobe so that I know for mm-hmm. a fact it's going um, yep. and that it's syncing with the camera. There's just little things. I don't know. I just right. prefer the whole process overall. So, so going back to your, your roots, are mm. you, do you still, do you still do any like developing or darkroom stuff now or is it? I don't No, I don't kind of process thing my of the own past, film. Yeah. Partially because I live in like a 450 square foot apartment. There's just no way to that. do it yeah. here. Right. Is it something that I want to, uh, do I want to get into that? Maybe if I was shooting (laughs) black and white, I haven't really gotten Mm. back into black and white, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. It's not super my aesthetic. My aesthetic is like bright and colorful and very vintage, you know, that's just my aesthetic. So I think that that's also why film works so well. Um, but there is something really special about processing film. And especially when I was like a teenager developing film in my parents' basement and then making friends with the enlarger, like Mm -hmm. all the other kids, like I was 16 and like spending the weekends in this dark room in my parents' basement. Like, and I just remember like watching, seeing the, in the tray as the image starts coming up, like magic. It's literal magic. And I've always thought dark rooms are like the coolest, like most romantic places. You oh, know, so true. Yes. The red yes. light, like they're so cool. Mm-hmm. We're nerds. 
<laughs> one of my fondest memories of, of high school. I, I, we've joked about it a bunch of times because I was like more interested in a girl in my photography class than actual photography at that time in high school. I was just like, wow, Megan is so beautiful. I can't. And, and <laughs> I, but like, I still remember the, the bat. We always called it the bat cave, you know, the circle mm-hmm. door that, that goes into the dark room. And it's just like some of the best memories ever. And it, it is literal magic like you see the image appear and you I mean you did that you took that process from pointing the camera to it pressing the button taking it in see I'm I don't have a dark room now but I do all my film I develop it myself I I just love that there's this like communion I have with developing film it's and I'm like it has I have to take it from A to B to C to D or (laughs) or it's not mine you know I'm just so I guess I'm a little too hardcore at times with this stuff but not not me yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to feel that way. I'm like, man, these lab prices aren't that bad. Maybe yeah. I should try it out. <laughs> it's also like color, color, developing color scares me a little bit. We actually, um, I, I should learn that though. We, um, opened up, uh, sorry, my business partner and I in Calgary opened up a photo studio collective and we went out and bought oh. a bunch of color chemistry and stuff. And we're encouraging the members that are, you know, part mm. of the, our photography collective to, in, to develop their own film, um, their, their, their own color film at the studio. Um, so I should probably take them up on that. Cause then you can start, you know, pushing the color temperatures and like, mm-hmm. you can get some cool yeah. creative stuff with that. So maybe that'll be next pandemic for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next pandemic project. Yeah, it it does. It it can get crazy with the like, I guess it would be like a post processing kind of thing. Like once we had Wendy who does all the souping her film and mixing it with wine. And it's just man, it's it's endless. It's endless. And it it just feels another creative release. You know, it's just is I think it's just as creative as actually making the photograph. Yeah. Well, there's a thing with film also where it's like, okay, I've mastered this camera. I've mastered Mm -hmm. this kind of film. Where can I go next? Oh, let's try expired film. Oh, let's try film soup. Oh, let's try. So you're always kind of pushing yourself. I got um, a new like little point and shoot camera today in an estate sale. I'm going to take it out after this and just put a roll of film through it and drop it off later. You know, just see. Like, it's a plastic lens. That kind of excites me. I'm like, yeah, it's mm. <laughs> plastic lens. You know, you know, plastic lens. Like, it, it really, it's a different look. It really is. You know? Yeah. So it's like we get so hung up on like the best. Got to get the best glass. Got to be Zeiss. Got to be this. And then you, you shoot with a plastic lens. You're like, oh, that's cool too. <laughs> like, so we're always trying to think find ways to push the film envelope just a little bit further. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is also really exciting with that medium. I think. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, at least my, myself, I was talking about this with uh, my friend AJ Holmes, where I was because he's like a large format guy, mm-hmm. and I was like, I feel like that's like the next generation, like graduation for a lot of us. Like yeah. we've already done thirty five. We're like one twenty is great. Like what else? You know, it's like yeah. that. What else about the whole What's thing? Next? Totally. What's next? It's and there's so yeah. many different types of film formats that you can experiment with, and mm-hmm. so many different types of cameras. Is it like that with digital? I'm trying to think. I guess it's mm. different techniques in the computer is what you would maybe liken it yeah. to. I mean, that's what originally drawed me to film. I think we talked about this with our previous guest, Birgit, mm-hmm. like lamography, like just how outside of the box lamography is with things. Yeah. Like they yeah. were all about, you know, shooting from the hip and and do what makes like do what like you want to have fun, you know, and it doesn't have to be so bland and you know you're supposed to go out and have fun so like we said just a little bit ago you know we were making our digital photos look like film and and i would do that i'd put like crusty overlay filters (laughs) on that makes it look like i shot it out of a a holga or something Mm -hmm. like that so you know what's funny do you guys remember when instagram like first started i think it was Mm -hmm. maybe called hipstagram or no yes or like hipstamatic or something yes hipstamatic yeah And then it was like, and then I think, don't quote me on this, but I think that that morphed into Instagram or Instagram kind of copied them or something. But in the beginning, it was just the sharing platform and the filters and everything about it, the logo, everything about it was this digital platform, but it was all made to look analog. That was like, Mm -hmm. that's actually what was the beauty of it. That's why it took off. People were like, whoa, where'd you get this cool film photo? 
It's like, no, no, it's from this new app. Yeah. I remember about Hipstamatic, too, where they were like, you you basically could shuffle all the filters and lenses and stuff. Oh, yeah. So like when you pressed it, it would like pick all that and then give you a different so it was like sort of sort of like getting your film developed you know yeah. oh yeah i do remember <laughs> that There's yeah a really yeah great digital app i don't know if you guys know it it's called daz camera so that's what i use no. now oh, for i all think of i've my, heard of that yeah the best it's not hmm. the cheapest i think it's like 15 or 20 bucks or maybe it's cheaper in the states i don't know but um it's the same type of idea it loads up a whole bunch of different types of film video cameras and then a whole bunch of different type of film photography cameras oh. and then you can like pick things you can even like apply like a star filter um it's a pretty good app i really enjoy it for like just doing you know stuff on my phone that's cool yeah Gas cam. with this pandemic just sitting on my phone for hours at a time looking yeah. at at what like kind of how people are mixing old vhs looking footage to this this digital age like i watched a tutorial of how this i forget man i wish i could remember their name because i i want people to they they don't have like the biggest following i forget i can't think of it but they actually use like an old sony camcorder Mm. you know tape camcorder to shoot all their TikToks and just like adding that crazy new fast editing style that we have these yeah. days of, you know, everything's got to be like this. Right. And but they're doing it on a VHS turned the other way. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's just wild, like mixing this stuff, like taking old technology and making it fresh again. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. that's just it's it's really cool. Like vintage. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know, there's such a market for it. But like futuristic, too. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's because I, I don't know. I always think of like back to the future when they like go to the future and how funny 80s the future looked but like yeah. still it was like oh there were laces that tied themselves yeah. and stuff like that you know like it, yeah and like we're living in that time now it's totally. it's kind of weird That's funny. <laughs> so uh, Heather, you're also the co-founder of something called the Idle Eyes Collective. Is that is that yeah, it? Yeah, so that's our studio that uh, I was just mentioning. So yeah, this is another pandemic project that's actually turned into something really, really great. I'm pretty proud of it. So I I had a photo studio downtown, mm-hmm. and I had been in that space for a while, and it's just like a commercial fo- photo studio. And when the pandemic hit, all of my studio mates decided that they couldn't afford the studio anymore. Oh. So we had to give our lease. It was too expensive and too big of a space for me to just stay on by myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I sort of approached my friend um, and fellow photographer in Calgary. Um, his name is Sebastian Buzzolino, and he is another – he shoots a lot of music. He used to – tour with bands a lot so our styles are aesthetic there's definitely like some crossover there um but i sort of approached him we had talked about starting like a zine together or something doing like a little like film collective of sorts just kind of like over beers before the pandemic in the december before the pandemic so when i had to give up my studio i was like hey man like you know, do you want to get a space together? And then that morphed into, well, let's get a space together, but that let's make it community oriented mm, because yeah. we'd just gone through and seen everything that happened with the George, with the George Floyd killing. And there was right. all this, and all of the pandemics t- stuff. And, and all of a sudden there was this need to do something a little bit more for our community or yeah. to do something that had a little bit of a broader purpose And to give back to the photography community, not in the sense of like, wow, we're going to open up a massive commercial photo studio and, you know, all the ad agencies are going to come here to shoot and it's going to be like $800 a day to rent. It was more like, let's do this at a grassroots level. Let's, Mm. you know, bring on members, um, you know, typically junior photographers or people who want to learn things like shooting on film and messing around with different types of cameras Um, let's set up a little bit more of a just interactive analog photography, creative studio space. That's so wonderful. So that's what we did. And it's going really well. We have, I think we have nine members now, eight or nine members. And then plus Sebastian and myself. So we all kind of share the space. Um, a lot of it are using it. A, a lot of us are using it for commercial jobs, but then when we have time, we're processing color film in the, in the bathroom and, um, we are looking at taking over another space in our building that will act as a gallery. 
So we're just trying oh, to buy a little cool. bit of time there. And then eventually when we're, we, you know, when we're not, I don't know what your COVID situation's like there, but we're, are, we're in like a third wave. So we mm-hmm. um, need to just sort of buy a little bit of time so that when we are able to, we'll be able to do gallery exhibitions featuring analog photography, really creative photography, hold events. Mm. Cannot wait to hold events. Again. Oh gosh! Right? Oh um, my goodness! Just like, oh yeah. Just give back to the creative side of the photography community. Yeah. So that's 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 Idle Eyes Collective. It's just for your listeners. It's Idle. So I D L E Eyes E Y E S. The we we came up with the name to sort of talk about the the concept of idle hands, but this is like idle eyes. Mm. So what happens if you close your eyes and actually create work from within? What happens if mm. you're creating wow. work like not on a surface level, but you're actually doing it because it's intrinsic or because it's just something that you have to do? <laughs> oh man, I could we I feel like we a lot of our listeners and me and Tim we all relate can all relate to that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'm 100%. totally feeling that right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're this dedicated to shooting in an analog format, I feel like mm. that's where it's coming from. Like a yeah, pure that's... love of photography. So if you're if you're a member, does that just get you access to all the tools that are at the space? Yeah. So we basically Sebastian and I put in um, a bunch of our own gear and our own money. We had the members apply basically because we couldn't take on, we're doing it slowly mm. because we wanted to make sure that everyone had equal access to the studio. But basically yeah. we have a booking calendar and then the members just can book in whenever the studio is free. Uh, and with their monthly membership, they get access to all of the equipment that we've put in. Um, we provide backdrops for them. We, you know, wow. try to buy a new backdrop every month or so. There's like a little makeup area. Yeah, it's like a fully working commercial photography studio. That is so smart. We built a gear cage so that the members can leave their gear there. Oh, um, yeah. Eventually, when we're able to do exhibitions and everything, we'll do a members exhibition. Yeah, so that's kind yeah, that's of... That's so awesome. Yeah, mm. that's so cool. It's like a little... It's, a, it's an arts collective, but geared towards photography. And then we also give them a studio to work out of and just to grow their skills and... We've even put in a couple of our own film cameras. Like I have a, I donated a Pentax um, 35 millimeter K1000 with like three lenses mm. and some filters and stuff. So if they want to use that, they just ask and they can sign it out kind of thing. Oh, that's so cool. That's been like the, the go. I can't wait. Like, like we were just saying, I cannot wait for this pandemic to be over because the, my little tablet of ideas is, is like almost near its end. I'm going to have to crack a new one open because, which I think has been really good for every, I mean, yes, this pandemic has been absolutely devastating. And this, the climate of the world for the last year was just a, a mess, but. I think a lot of good things are going to come out of this in the next, you know, the next like five to 10 years. We're going to be, there's going to be a lot of good work, a lot of good art, great music. Yeah. 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 It's just, I, it's been, I just can't wait. I think that everyone is sort of in the same boat. Like it's been equally heartbreaking and stressful AF. Right for me, but it's also really forced me to kind of take a step back and reassess what I want to do with my photography career and where I want to go. And I was too busy shooting commercial campaigns that didn't, weren't necessarily getting me any further in my career. Right. When actually I'm gearing up now, and this is a terrifying thing for me. So I haven't, I talk about it a lot, but when I actually start doing it, there's going to be a lot of no's. So I need to get myself mm. ready for that. But I, um, my goal now is to get an agent in another city. Oh, yeah. yeah. So to represent me because I need to get my work out of Calgary because yeah. I feel like there's a bigger market for it. And I feel like my film knowledge and I just working with a lot of musicians and bands and stuff. So this is what I've been doing over the entire pandemic. And this is why I've been going so hard on the film side of things is just like honing my skills. Yeah. Do you have representation now? I do not. No. Yeah, that's something I've always like. Yeah. <sighs> that's like a, a dream of mine to like have have an agent. Yeah. I think that that's the next logical step with a, with any photographer. It's mm-hmm. really scary because for for me it's really scary. I just like I'm bracing myself to hear a lot of no's before I hear a yes. So <sighs> Yeah, I really think your your works can stand on its own. I really think that you have yeah. your your work is phenomenal, and I, oh, that's so kind. Yeah, no, it's it's just like I can relate to that. Uh, it's going to be nose, but like you, you you have to like 
you like you're speaking about like you know your knowledge and honing your skills it's like your work i feel like speaks for itself because i was drawn to it and i feel like any any age is gonna look at that and be like okay you know that's really nice to say she gets it (laughs) yeah yeah i guess it's just like i would have never had this idea if it hadn't have been for the pandemic Mm -hmm. so when we went into lockdown last year in march like full-blown lockdown like they shut everything here it was like all of my jobs got canceled all of my commercial jobs i found myself just like being in my apartment and also i was like terrified i was like i'm gonna Mm. get it and i'm gonna give it to you and Mm -hmm. die and so i just (sighs) stayed in my apartment and like started taking photos yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. Your self portraits. Yeah. I, I mm. saw that on Instagram. Like, so, I love that because I'm I I can't do it. I try to do self portraits, and I'm just like I don't even know where to begin. So yeah, how did that all? come? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that's how it started. The pandemic. I never take notice of (laughs) myself like that. I never actually really had the self-confidence, to be honest with you. Mm. I never really had the time. Mm. I I didn't really need to. I always had people to photograph. But when the lockdown started, I was like, okay, well, hmm, I need to do something. So I'm going to start taking photos of myself. I experimented with like taking photos of like flowers on mirrors and I did some tabletop stuff, but like I'm a people portrait photographer. Yeah. Mm. So the only person around was me. So I started taking photos and I, I actually did more some months I did two. I think in total, I came out of it with 14 self portraits. Wow. Um, so s- some of them are shot on film. Some of them are shot digitally. There's one, I, I think it was in about May. I was like, well, let's do another self-portrait. And I had my old studio at the time. So I just went into the studio one night and I like brought some beer and I was by myself. And I was like, you know what? Let's test all of these film cameras on the strobes. Oh, yeah. And I was like, let's see what these cameras do under the strobes. Because I hadn't done that in like years. Yeah. yeah. It's scary when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't know. And so that's you don't what I know. did. And some of the shots turned out great. A couple of the cameras didn't really. I learned how to use. Um, I learned that my medium format Mamiya worked. It has. I it it worked in the studio with the flash. So I I had always used that camera for travel and stuff. And this year mm-hmm. I actually experimented with shooting some portraiture on it. I have a Mamiya six, like a square a rangefinder, one of the ones from the nineties, which is probably my favorite camera. I think you guys were going to ask me that. Yeah. Um, but yeah I just that's I did that one day and then that led to taking more photos and more photos and it was like a really great thing to do there was always something in my mind that was like oh well taking self-portraiture and putting it on Instagram is like a selfie and it's it's not like it's not there's no merit behind that but then I that's so untrue uh, then I started (laughs) doing self-portraiture and I was like holy Mm -hmm. shit this is hard yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is really hard. Yeah. So, and then you try to get into creative things like blurring, like dragging the shutter so that you get some blurred motion. Mm. But yeah, I'm kind of a pro at it now, I think. <laughs> awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I think, you know, the pandemic, it, it kind of, it went one way or the other for a lot of people. Like you were like, well, I'm still going to shoot. There's only me. That's what I'm going to do. And like the other side was like, I don't want to take pictures of anything, which yeah. is kind of where I was at for a little, for a little while. But I like, really love that it wasn't that way for you and you're able to like even just experiment like i should have been like just messing around like what was i doing <laughs> you know i was trying to tell you that i know i just but just <laughs> it was just too like emotionally like not gonna happen no. but yeah well, and that's yeah thing. i know a lot of people like that don't beat yourself up over that i know a lot of people yeah. like that who just you know everything started and it was really overwhelming and the ideas yep. just like went out the window yeah you know for me uh I don't know. Honestly, like I live alone. I needed to do something. Yeah. It kind of kept my mental health in check a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's good. I get that. Yeah. And having a studio during this time, and this is something that we talk about at at Idolize our collective a lot, is that having that creative space to go and just like mess around has been life-saving in in a lot of regards. I can imagine. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm 
grateful for that, for sure. I'd like to show those self-portraits. Maybe that's something, you know, eventually oh, yeah. we'll be able to, is just kind of like lay them all out on my, com- even on my computer, I should do this tonight or tomorrow or something and just see <laughs> how they all look together. Like they're all really different. Yeah. So. That'd be a cool zine too. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like just weird that it's all of me. I don't know. I can't get past that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think of that. I think of the whole, like just, you know, when Chris, when you were going through it with, with getting out and taking pictures and, you know, I was, I, I just kept shooting like normal. Cause my, mm-hmm. again, my thing is just like cruising around, doing some street photography, doing some documentary, doing some whatever, flowers, cats, people, this, that, yeah. you know, so it, it, nothing really changed for me. But there was a point where I remember being, if I, if I take one more discarded mask photo yeah. on the yeah. street, I'm going to lose, <laughs> I'm going to lose my damn mind. Yeah. So like it, it yeah. There, there comes a time where you kind of have to pick a subject and maybe work on that. Yeah, I feel than... like there's going to be images that maybe, maybe you or other people have taken and we'll look back in a few years like, man, if they just didn't have the mask on, it would be such a good yeah, shot. Yeah, you know? I know. And also we're going to be able to look back on this time like I've been watching like a lot of like live streams with musicians and stuff and you'll mm-hmm. look back on that in 10 years and be like, oh, this was recorded during the pandemic because they're all wearing yeah. masks. Yeah. Right. It's like a, like a timestamp. Crazy. Are you seeking out commercial work or is that kind of phase over now? Are you like shifting completely or do you think you'll book some stuff if it's if it comes your way or where are you at with that? Um, I need commercial work to pay the bills yeah. and survive. Yep. Yep. Um, I just don't know how to do that in Calgary. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like I need to get back into a little bit more of a financially stable place. We in Cal, I don't know if you guys know any, but Calgary, Alberta and Canada, we're like a big like oil and gas boom town. So our main Mm. industry here is oil and gas. Um, Mm. I guess it would be similar to Texas, but um, it's, there's like, we're in like a mega recession now because of the pandemic here. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know this stuff. Like, I don't know. Like I'm stressed out about it. That's why I think that I need to get an agent to get out of the city, but I don't really feel comfortable traveling yet. Plus I think it's like a little bit early to go and start working in other cities. Actually, I canceled this trip on March 10th and we went into lockdown on March 14th. I had a three and a half week trip planned to Toronto and Montreal. I was going to meet with like some record labels. I had some like agents in mind and I, my goal was to go out and try and get, I had Airbnbs and apartments in both cities and I was just going to go and work in both cities and see what I could do there in Canada and just work with some different people. And so that was obviously all put on hold. So I'd like to do that eventually maybe to try and get the commercial ball rolling a little bit. I don't know. I'm actually having a hard time answering this question because I don't really know what to do in the commercial realm, but I do know that I'm going to need to get some bigger jobs eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you say commercial, are you including that with like musicians and stuff? Or is that more of like advertising, like, you know, for like brands? I mean, it's all commercial work. If you're doing it for money, it's like a commercial job. So yes, the musicians are commercial as well. I guess when I say commercial, I mean like the big advertising jobs. Yeah. Because those are the ones that usually pay really well bands and and it's always the most creative work but it typically doesn't pay as well right um i think probably when you get at a certain level as a musician or as a band then there's um you know some good profit to be made by the artists that you work with but um typically when i say commercial i mean advertising gigs Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, that's always the struggle working with musicians too. And nothing nothing against them. It's my favorite thing to do. Like if I were to, I used to do that a lot living in Nashville, just having coworkers that were in bands working on their album. And then, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we need the album art. Hey, oh, you shoot video too? Awesome. Let's throw a little music video. And like some of the best experiences and I learned so much but literally, I'm throwing my own money into their projects, too, because it's like, again, you're just like collaborating with people mm-hmm. to make something amazing. Yeah. But again, that that stuff just doesn't pay the bills, unfortunately. Yeah, it kind of doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And the people, like getting to work with these artists is like phenomenal yes. and getting to collaborate with them is ph- phenomenal. And it's all really, really fun. So I don't want to stop doing that by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just need to totally figure out that. Like, where to get the uh, side of my business back um, so that it's profitable again. It's not mm-hmm. that it's totally not profitable. It's just night and day. 
from this time Mm -hmm. in 2019. Right. The ideal place, I think, as a photographer would be to get to that point where you're, where you're shooting commercial jobs, commercial jobs. And I, and I air quote that, but Mm -hmm. you're being called on to shoot them on film because that's your aesthetic. Right. Right. Like, Hey, come shoot this ad campaign for top shop. By the way, yeah. can you do your thing and do it all on film? We'll, 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 yeah, yeah. we'll, you know, dredge up a film budget for it. You do your thing as a photographer. Like that's uh, where, that's dream. like the dream, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> that is the dream. Yeah. I think I have that dream at least like two or three times a week. And then I wake <laughs> up and I'm like, oh wait, it's April 3rd. Uh, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so I, yeah. I, 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 it's kind of like, I try not to think about it too much, but just like thinking about the last year of our lives that we've all lost and not seeing our mm. families and not being yeah. able to get to where we want to be professionally. Um, but it'll come, you know? Yeah. It'll come. So how, how was, how was Canada with like supporting artists and stuff? Like I know a lot of artist friends that I had that worked creatively, like couldn't collect any sort of unemployment benefits or anything like that. Like they were just, you know, stagehands down to people that just set up lights and stuff at concerts, like totally screwed when it came down to it. I, were you guys a little bit better on that end or was it about the same government really took care of us? Um, yeah, some that's people amazing. will probably dispute that, but there's we be, and it's still ongoing. It's basically mm. a universal income, like a monthly that's what universal I thought. That's income. What, yeah. There were mm-hmm. so, there were a lot of guidelines, and I haven't done my taxes yet, so I might actually get penalized for it because I did take money right. from the government. But they really with that, and now there's a huge discussion here about how governments should carry on some type of basic universal right. income mm-hmm. for artists and yeah I, I don't want to get into politics but for me <laughs> yeah, it, yeah yeah I get that yeah I it really 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 helped me so yeah. I was able to focus on making new work and trying new things and shooting film in the studio and growing my career because I didn't really have the super stress out it's still right. really stressful don't get me wrong it's expensive right. to live as a human being period Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. I was 100%. able to yep. stress out a little bit less about the financial side of things and just kind of put my head down and work and focus and try yeah. to make plans for when and what I was going to do when this is all over. California took care of us too. I was on unemployment for a little while as well because in the beginning, they like you, I, I was like, I had all these things lined up and like the week, like the week after lockdown, you know, yeah. <laughs> and all these jobs that were going to be like a monthly gig and all the stuff just like gone away. So and because I live in California, a lot of my friends do work, work in the industry. I was like saying like I was expecting all this extra money to and they're like, you should sign up like it's it's like you qualify because you're a freelance person. Yeah. So I was able to like it, it, it's like <sighs> it's it does yeah. it's like saved. Yeah. And like. I don't like film. I don't know about you guys down there, but I think Calgary, especially it's, it's very expensive for film here, but like shooting any type of film is like, sometimes I can actually Mm. barely afford it, but I do it anyway. Yeah. No, it's, it's how it's in the last like three or four years, it's really become very expensive to be a film. I mean, it, it, it used to be maintain you know you'd spend a couple hundred bucks on film a month or something like that but now it's like chris i i i laugh because i think about when you're you know i got my hundred dollar christmas film and you showed your picture it was like five five rolls of film or something it's like damn that's what a hundred dollars gets now yeah thankfully i'm a hoarder so i have like a big ass cabinet filled of film and i won't have to worry about it for a while but like it's it's kind of scary and i get it to keep this ball rolling we need to you know, chip in a little more so these companies can, you know, feed their families mm-hmm. and da da da. But you know, yeah. it's I, I get it, but damn, it's so expensive. There now. was a time yeah. when they didn't think that Kodak was going to make it. Do you guys oh, yeah. remember? Oh. Like, yeah, no, like no, <laughs> not Kodak. Yeah, crazy. I think about that every day. I I have a joke yeah. with my family and stuff. I'm just like, I need to start learning how to like make my own film mm-hmm. developers and stuff because like if this world does fall apart in the next couple yeah. years, like I can still shoot film because I would be devastated if I like there was no option to do that anymore. I don't know what the community would do. Can you imagine? Well, when Polaroid died, 
those yeah. impossible project bought all the equipment yes. and the patents or whatever and then started yep, yep, making yep, Polaroid yep. again, air quote again. So I don't know. We're a yeah. bunch of nerds and we're like resilient, so Right. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Figure it out. I'm I'm so down with that. Like I will give my blood, sweat, and tears to keep this thing alive. Yeah. Same. We'll be right back with a listener question for Heather right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk comes from Polaroid. Use the promo code ANALOGTALK10 on your first purchase on film at Polaroid.com. Just wanted to hop in here and let you guys know about our Develop and Hang Nights. Now, it is a Patreon-only exclusive. We have done a bunch already. It's a ton of fun. We develop some film. We talk shop. We hang out. We laugh. It's, it's just a really good time. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, and if you want to help support the show, this is the best way to do it. So just head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. It's a bunch of stuff over there. So check it out. Thanks, guys. All right, so this question comes from Michaela, and she asks, how do you navigate being in, the, being in commercial photography as a woman, given that the industry is mainly made up of men? That is a loaded question. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, I would be lying if I said that I haven't experienced a fair amount of adversity mm-hmm. um, over the years. Just little things like... You know, if you're not like a technical genius, I'm like, I'm pretty good on the technical side of things, but um, I've definitely been spoken down to a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Just even recently, like at a local place in Calgary, I th- I don't, oh man, I don't know how to answer this. <sighs> I think it takes, and I hope that this doesn't, that this is okay, but I think it takes a certain type of woman to work as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have a thick skin and you have to be... Yeah ballsy and the physical strength alone sometimes is like like working as a commercial photographer also i don't have a family i'm single i don't have children yeah i don't know how i would have done this career with just the financial costs alone you know right the financial obligations of being a mother and having a family and also having a commercial photography studio and all the gear like how do you do that i don't know yeah (laughs) um so i guess for me i just at this point i don't even really look at it as gender Mm. i just i'm a photographer and i produce this type of work and if that bothers you you can go elsewhere I do think that the online conversation that's happening now about publications and magazines actively hiring BIPOC photographers Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. female photographers more so, um, I think that that's a really important conversation to keep having. I myself like to try and promote this, that, that type of messaging on my social platforms because I do really feel strongly about it. Mm-hmm. If I had a daughter and she went into photography, I definitely wouldn't discourage her, but I would definitely give her the pointers to be strong and to have a thick skin and, you know, to just right. do to do you, basically. Right. Um, and then I think the final thing is just try to contribute back to your community. So a mm-hmm. few years ago, um, for the photography festival here, it's called Exposure, I co-curated, I came up with the idea and I approached a female-run gallery here. And we together, we co-curated an all-female identifying gallery exhibition. I love it. So that was something that I felt really strongly about that I really wanted to do. And that's absolutely something I would like to do with our gallery space again, is just give the floor to these artists that, you know, maybe would have to compete otherwise. Right. Yeah. That's wonderful. Is that a good answer? That's a great answer. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, um, I wish that I could say that I haven't experienced adversity. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, ah, was it really that bad? But no. Yeah. Like, I look at like some of the things that have been said to me, and I've even, you know, said it to some of my male photographer friends. I'm like, I feel like that person wouldn't say that to you. I feel like that person wouldn't mansplate that to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 like from like a career standpoint, I I don't like like you said, like you've you've like, oh, I guess it wasn't that bad. Like, but but it's just like a a feeling like having to have the feeling like ever, ever in your career. If like if I was a man, 
Like I've had that feeling more times than I want to say. I felt like they are not hiring me because they're not taking me seriously because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, that's disgusting. I'm sorry, <laughs> that shit just pisses me off so much. Because we're having these conversations now, the mm-hmm. younger photographers, I think, for the most part, coming up, the younger cis, yep. you know, male photographers, mm-hmm. they're a lot more in tune. And so that's, yeah. I think, why we need to keep having these conversations. I think right. it's less intimidating to, you know, I, I think that generally the Instagram community, the younger Instagram community is really supportive of yeah. my work and will will DM me and ask me yep. mm-hmm. um, questions or advice on things, which is nice. Like at that point, then you're taking away the gender. It's just photographers to photographers. Right. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned like the word photographer before. It's like the same thing as like actor was a word for for the acting. Oh, yeah. And like some it got changed. Some someone was oh it should be actress. And it's like what wh- why? Like I would never want anybody to make a female version of photographer. Yeah. You know like yeah yeah. There's like <laughs> that's that's funny. Wow. I'm gonna have to tell Michaela that we answered her question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great question. I think like her asking that question is is making us have the conversation and and really like having the conversation because I don't want to have the conversation in 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 any sort of way as like a spiteful like oh men are no whatever whatever. Never. You know, it's never about that because I've had so many wonderful men in my, in my career and friends in the film community who are who are like you said they're in tune to it and are aware of it and want to lift you know yeah. so i think having the conversation is just the most important thing and to to make people aware like think like oh well there's so much like i came across your work because we've we've you know put together a a little community of its own film sorority yeah. like i didn't know about you it's like putting other kinds of people in front of people's eyes which i think is is really like i'm getting so just motivated inspired by i'm just loving every minute of it so i think that's the most important thing when it comes to these kind of conversations Absolutely. so thank you michaela we really appreciate that question <laughs> thanks michaela hi michaela yeah <laughs> and great answer heather seriously cool thanks guys we have a two-part question okay. for you, and this we say it's the it's the tough questions. Um, <laughs> if you were stranded on a de- on a desert island and can only take one film camera with you, so you can only shoot it for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Ah, uh, jeez. <laughs> I feel like over time this question would shift for me. Like if you asked mm-hmm. me this last yeah, year, definitely. I probably would have answered it differently yeah. from now. But for right now, I'm going to say a Mamiya six four five. The autofocus oh, ones yeah. that they did in the nineties. What's it called? I want to Google it and look it up. It's like Mamiya six four five. It was an autofocus. Yeah, so I had, I had, I think it's, it's the Mamiya six four five AFD. I think that's it. The negative yeah. is like a little bit bigger than a thirty five millimeter, but it's not square. Mm-hmm. But it's not a six seven. Yeah. yeah, it's like a six four five. Yeah. I think they called it. Anyway, I've yeah. experimented with that camera a bunch of times. I used to shoot with one when I lived in Toronto. I really want to get my hands on one soon. I'm finding for me, I kind of need the autofocus right now. Yeah. Um, I just, my eyes are not what they used to be. And the autofocus Mm -hmm. really helps me, (laughs) especially when you're shooting on film, because you know that that, you know, sharpness is kind of critical. Right. Um, And it's obviously, it's Mamiya. So basically anything Mamiya, I'm just like, oh, cool. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm such a Mamiya. That's my brand right there. I love every, their glass is just phenomenal. I wish I'd never sold mine. I sold mine out of of photography school when it was like, oh, I'll never need this again. No, those are great (laughs) cameras. Yeah. (laughs) I know, they're so good. So I think that that's what I would take probably on this day right now. That's probably what I would take. That's a great answer. Yeah, good answer. Um, good answer. We have the second part of this question is, what's your white whale camera? Is there anything you're like lusting after that you don't have or never shot, but like want so bad? Um, well, that camera, I have shot that camera, but it's been like 10 years. Um, so yeah, a couple of months ago, I was like really obsessed with a, getting a Pentax 6.7. Oh, yeah. Uh. Another like fantastic I really just camera. was like really obsessed with it. When I get these ideas in my brain, mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, how how can I make this work? Financially, yeah, I can't that's do just it. a little the same. But I was like, <laughs> I really need this, you know. So <laughs> of course, um, yeah, I, want, oh, I was like, really wanted one with an autofocus prism, but I really am actually kind of glad that I didn't pull the trigger on that because I don't quite think that I need the autofocus. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'd really love to try a 
shooting with a contacts. It's like the hipster camera right now, the point and shoot yeah. contacts. The T the yeah. T two. Yeah, yeah, the T two. That was uh, my white whale I just acquired oh, recently. Really? How do you like it? It's really nice. It's really nice. I, I, I'm not shooting it as much as I should be because I'm I'm currently still obsessed with my Leica M4 that I just yeah. got recently. So it's it's I'm not doing it justice, but it's a great camera. It's great for I feel like for everyday like point because you know it's a point and yeah. shoot, so it's like perfect yeah. for that. And like vacation start yeah. opening up, man. Yeah. Just uh-huh. throw that. You yeah. don't need to take a million cameras. No. Just take that camera. Yeah. You know? I like it better than the Olympus. I have an Oli- the Olympus point and shoot, the other sort of um, hipster camera right now. I think the Contax T T two. It's it's definitely like the sharpest. Yeah. 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 I it, the glass on that is like ridiculous yeah, not like super crazy but the olympus is okay it takes pretty yeah. decent the metering in it is like phenomenal um so yeah, yeah i think i'd really love to try the contacts i just cannot believe how expensive they are that was like a 70 dollar camera when it came out was it really i didn't even want to look actually yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't quote I... me on that but it was like yeah. not like a super expensive camera but they are it, it between like if you were Putting them together, like the Olympus Epic and a T2, mm-hmm. the the T2 is like the Rolls Royce okay. right. of it's it's titanium. Yeah, it's got weight to it. Right. Say you're like walking and you drop your stylus on the ground. That thing you're gonna get some really bad cracks it's and true, stuff. Right. You drop yeah. the T2, you could you could damage something in it, but it's 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 a okay. tank. Like yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a thud. It's definitely not worth like $1,500 or anything crazy. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are. Chris knows. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I didn't pay that. <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. But I feel like if I didn't pull the trigger, then I would be like, the next time I look, it's going to be $1,500. Yeah, <laughs> no, for real. It's yeah. one of those things. I bought a Mamiya 6 when I wanted to go into medium format. Mm. I bought a Mamiya 6 with all three lenses on eBay and it was expensive at the time, but I'm glad that I did that then because now they're like yeah. double the price. And yeah, yeah, like the Olympus, I just ask about the Olympus and the contacts together because a lot of, of my favorite photographers that I follow on Instagram mm. shoot with both of those point and shoots. And I yeah. have the Olympus. Mm-hmm. I just always wondered how the contacts, but yeah, the Olympus was like a $70 camera when it came out in the nineties. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a great camera though. I mean, yeah. I, I've had a million I have of those. Two of those. They're, they're super. Yeah. Chris owns my black one. Yeah. Now. I have a, I have but to get- it, it's. That's awesome. <laughs> Silver up that matching kit. It's like anyway. <laughs> Got to have the champagne and the yeah. black. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Can you imagine if I if that I needed to be like okay I need now I have the T two I need to get it silver I need to get it no <laughs> that I would go literally I broke. A, I need a black M four. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I could talk about cameras all day. Dude, yeah, the M six has been my white whale for for a while. That or a Blad, a Hasselblad. Mm. Definitely. Oh, a Hasselblad would be nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. just my, I, so I'm borrowing a Hasselblad right now. You know, when you borrow, it's like, okay, let me figure out if I, if I need this, yeah. right? And then you're like, oh, no, I do. Oh, you need it. Yeah, I need it. <laughs> like, yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. But did you see, uh, I I, uh, I got to essentially hold Raphael's M6 over last weekend, a friend of ours. No, friend, I didn't. No. Um, of the community. And that's an M6 is like, that's a nice camera. Oh, yeah. So thankfully for my wallet, I've never like super allowed <laughs> myself to get into Leica. Why? I don't know. I just It's a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. you can stay okay. away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Otherwise you're gonna be like, I have an M4, but like the M6 is so nice, I should just do that too. No. I don't think it's as nice as my M7. Uh, yes, yeah. See? <laughs> this is this is Heather. Control yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think my next purchase will be that Mumia, the six four five. I think I really want one of those. That's a yeah, just for commercial. Yeah. That's a great. I think as it, well, it would like really be a great camera. Mm. Oh yeah, the detail you get on that, and it complements. Like if you're, you know, you got the the old sling on, and you got two cameras. Like six four five complements thirty five millimeters yeah. so yes. well because yes. it's like it's big brother. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, it's still got like that nice crisp film look, but it's still like a little bit of mm-hmm. green. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Know. Yeah. We'll see. Definitely. I gotta get through the other side of this pandemic first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we please be right, over? Yeah. Please, come on. Jeez. Seriously. Anyway, well, Heather, this has been this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today. Where can everybody check out 
your work and you can plug the collective as well. Okay, so uh, you can visit me at my website. A lot of my work is on there at heathersites.com. So my last name is spelled S is in Sam, A-I-T-Z.com. Um, there's a link for the studio there as well, which is idoleyescollective.com. Um, and I'm really active on Instagram and posting a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of new and old work alike. Um, and so that's just my name at Heather Seitz, S-A-I-T-Z. Yeah. Yeah. Timothy, where can everybody check you out? All right, guys, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also make some film photography videos. Those are on YouTube. Easiest way to find those. Just search Timothy Makeups. You'll find a bunch of stuff there. That's it for me. Chris, where are you? So I am Crispy Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We are Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram and Analog Talk Pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook page and a group you can join and share stuff and all that. And also you guys can follow the film sorority if you are so inclined. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing some stuff over there that's Love really that awesome. Account. So we'd appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome. Heather, thank you again for joining us. This was a blast. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll see everybody <laughs> next time. Bye. Bye. All right. First off, Chris and I would like to thank Heather for coming on the show. Heather, thanks for taking the time. It was so great to meet you, hearing your story, talking about all the stuff you have going on. It, it, just a great time. Thanks so much for taking the time out. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Even for $1, one buck, you can get the show two days early. We're also doing our Develop and Hangs. Chris and I are doing solo shows. She's posted one already. I got one coming up for next week. It's going to be awesome. And just a bunch of other stuff over there. And also, it is the best way to help support the show. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, again, it's patreon.com slash analog talk. And for the patrons that already help support the show, guys, you mean the world to us. You have no idea how much, how much it means that you guys are here for us. It's awesome. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Cool. I guess we will see you next week with an all new episode. All right, guys, keep shooting and all that fun stuff. We'll see you soon.